Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It's you up. Um, <clears throat> daily hit of pod for you. It's Thursday. We're crawling through the week. At least it feels like it to me. Man, I, I can't wait for the weekend. It really feels like... It's starting to feel like, you know, I've said this before, but for a while every day blended together. But it starts to feel like people actually... I'm sorry, I just like kind of burped. People actually do kind of shut down during the weekend and the emails stop and um, you can actually take a break. I, uh, I've been very depressed lately. I don't know about you. It's not really lifting for me. Maybe it's because I stopped smoking pot so much. I do think that that could be. I could be going through like a sort of withdrawal. But like I said, I wasn't smoking that much. And honestly, I kind of miss it. And there were probably like four times today that I thought, man, I would feel better if I took a hit. But I didn't. Instead, I just powered through um, the uncomfortability and the lack of enthusiasm. See, that's what pot gives me. I was talking to Dr. Drew about it the other day when I was on his show. And I was saying that like when I smoke pot, I don't feel tired. I don't like want to just stare at a painting or watch some mindless TV. I want to um I want to run. I want to talk to my friends. I want to be more emotional. I want to I'm just get more interested in life. And I don't know, you know, that's an excuse I think I use to be like it's it's good for me. It's it's for my anxiety and depression. It makes me better. It's like honestly gives me all the effects that one would want from something that was helping with those things. But I ultimately think that it's the cause of those things, you know? And instead of giving into the temptation to just spark up a dube, I don't have dubes. That's, that's what a kind of pot smoker I am. If I was the kind of pot smoker that like rolled joints and took my time with it and kind of did it like ritualistically, I think I'd feel better about it, but I just like pack some weed into a bowl, which I never even clean. So it's just filled with resin and tar and it just tastes disgusting. And then I spark it up and I, I know I waste a lot of pot that way. I have friends that grind it so they get every little morsel. I kind of like mix it up with my fingers, but I don't really, I've never been a grinder. I grind my teeth at night. That's where I wear a fucking night guard. Well, not a night guard, but I wear a, um, I wear my Invisalign because I, apparently I grind my teeth. I went to the de- the dentist the other day and they told me that I'm definitely doing some grinding um, at the club, you know, on uh, on on men. Feel a little poke coming through. I've never grinded in my life. I think one time I got grinded on and I barely remember it because I was in a blackout. Um, but... I'm not someone who ever enjoyed having a guy like rub his penis on me. Guys just look so stupid when they're doing that. They're so excited about fucking nothing. Guys getting horny at like strip clubs and grinding on the dance floor makes me lose all respect for you. Just makes you look so weak and I love it. I was working on a bit about that before the world shut down. 
about how I love going to strip clubs because men look like invalids, just drooling. You look so stupid, and that's the only that's the only time that you're like weaker than us. It's like we're tickling you. You're just like you you can't defend yourselves. We can steal from you, figuratively and literally. But um, yeah, I grind my teeth. So said the doctor, and um. I don't really feel like I do during the day, but he was like, just have more awareness. If your teeth are ever touching, like right now, are your teeth touching as you're listening to this? Stop letting them touch. Your teeth should never be touching. doesn't mean you should have your mouth open, but like you, you don't need a clenched jaw pretty much ever unless you're chewing food. But then I thought, oh, I chew a lot of gum. It's probably that. And he said, maybe, but just keep wearing your thing at night and that'll keep prevent you from doing it. Because he goes, I don't want you to go get a retainer and then you're going to spend all this money getting a mold of it. And then you're not going to use it. And he's probably right. And so I appreciated that because I probably wouldn't use it every night. Um, but I am like, I, I took my Invisalign that I've had for a while now. You, If you've been listening for a while, you know how I feel about Invisalign. They told me I was going to go through one set of trays, which was like 10 different Invisaligns. And it ended up being four sets of trays over the course of maybe more than that, maybe five or six it just, it, I was supposed to be done in six months and it's still going and that was four years ago. So, um, I've given up, but I actually like take the last Invisalign tray I have and I've, um, operated on other Invisalign trays and taken the plastic from those and super glued it into my new tray because I'm like, all I want is this one tooth to be pushed back. So I'll just put more pressure on that tooth by, um, you know, making, so I've just figured out ways to to make my Invisalign w- work for me. And that's not something I should have to do. I spent $6,000 on Invisalign and it did nothing for me. And I really hate them. Unless they want me to be the face of them, then I'll I'll do I'll sign up again and I'll be their spokesperson and I'll be their biggest champion. But until they give me back my money, fuck you Invisalign. Seriously, fuck you. Um, I just had a really bad dentist. She was like so abusive and so mean. She's like, your smile is straight. It is straight. And I was like, it's not. And you look in the front, one of my teeth sticks out more than the other. And she's like, but when you bite down, it is a perfect, uh, sphere. It looks perfect. I'm like, I'm not getting photographed from below. So I don't care what it looks like when I bite down. I'm not posting on Instagram pictures of, apples that I've eaten one bite out of that's not what I'm looking for is the perfect bite I just want to look good from the front so anyway yeah she was such a bitch to me I really hated that woman I really take a lot of abuse from women who are smarter than me I'll really like just let them treat me however they want because I just feel so intimidated by them it's happened with her I'm trying to think of another doctor it's happened with Oh, yeah, my last psychiatrist. Man, she scared me. I just was seeing her up until two months ago, and then I was just realized I got a bill from her, and I realized she was $500 per session. And I was like, you know, not going to happen. Because um, I would always just talk to her, and she would go, well, how do you know that's true? How do you know that's true? Because I'd talk about someone else's life being perfect and mine being shit, and she goes, well, you don't know that's true. And I'm like, well... What I do know is true is that that's all you say to everything I say. And I eventually wrote to her and was like, 
hey, based on my financial situation and the fact that I'm making no money right now, I just can't justify spending $500 a week to talk to you. And, uh, and she just never wrote back. And so I wrote to her assistant being like, are we, she expecting to be on this week? She never wrote me back. And she goes, no, you've been taken off the list. And I'm like, okay, maybe writing back would be nice. Cause I did say, listen, when I have the money again, I'd love to see you again, which was not a lie. I mean, uh, I, I, she scared me and I didn't want to disappoint her, but now I'm glad I did because she never even wrote back to me, which I found to be like kind of insulting. Um, so anyway, I went to the dentist the other day. It was pretty devastating. Sorry, I'm going back into my house. Door sounds. Um, it was pretty devastating because I was asking about this one tooth that I wanted to get fixed. And the guy was like, let's put it up on the screen. So they put my face. He took pictures of me. I was sitting down the whole time and then he was like, why don't you stand up against the wall so we can get a picture straight on? Cause at that time he was just staring at me for like 10 minutes and like kind of analyzing my smile. And I hate having my smile or my looks being analyzed in any way. Um, did I already tell you guys this story? I feel bad. Like I have. Okay. I just called my producer to ask if I had told this story and I haven't. It starts to all blur together, you guys. I got to be honest. So um, he he's looking at my face. I ask about one slight adjustment I want to make on my smile. Ask him how to do it. He's like, maybe braces, maybe back backwards braces, like ba- braces on the other side of your, your mouth. And that'll really tear your tongue up, though. And I'm like, I don't care anymore. When I got Invisalign, everything was torn up. That is my. That is what I'll tell you. If you do Invisalign, prepare for your mouth to be miserable for two weeks. I couldn't believe the pain that I felt. My gums were bleeding. It's just a nightmare. And don't think of it like, oh, good, I'll lose weight. No, you won't. You won't. It's not, that's not a solution. At first I was like, good, this will force me to not eat. No, when you take them out, you'll just binge. But, um, I was just asking him very casually. He's a dentist. He's not even an orthodontist. I was like, what do you think? And he stared at my face for like five to 10 minutes and really like looked at it hard. And I couldn't even see his face cause he was wearing, wearing a mask and like these big goggles. So I couldn't even like look back at him and like be like, well, I'm going to look at your face and analyze every little nook and cranny but then he goes you know what actually I should just take a picture so then he has me stand up against the wall he takes a picture of me and then they put it on a tv monitor and they the dental hygienist who's next to me right and then he are both looking at it and she's like wow I've never seen us do this before and I'm like oh really good I get to be the experiment of zooming in on my face I didn't have any makeup on I just looked like so greasy and tired and he determines that it's not my smile that's crooked. It is my face that's crooked. He was like, there's one side of your face that is about a half an inch higher than the other. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. And I'm like, no, I haven't. But thank you for bringing it to my attention. And he was like, see what I mean? And I'm like, yes, I do see what you mean. And he's like, so it's really your lips. One of one side is it's more down. It's almost he pretty much told me I had like a stroke face, which I definitely do. I see it now. And 
he had so many more things to sh- tell me about my smile than I ever even imagined. I literally thought it was just one tooth that needed to be pushed back. But apparently I need a, a, a nose job and a half face lift. And he wanted me to get my tits done. I was like, doctor. No, um, it was just so I was pretty devastated because as you guys know, I hate even like look focusing on my looks at all. Or when I'm forced to do so. And so I walked out of that office and I wanted to like cry. I was so depressed. But you know, it's what's happening. I can't deny that I'm aging and my face is falling a little bit. That's why I always like for so long taking selfies or taking a picture of yourself. Girls always want it from like a really high angle. I hate a high angle. I like a low angle because that's where my face is headed is low. So if you go low with the angle, you get to see your your face has fallen, but it looks like your normal face because you're catching up with your falling face down below. That's why literally every time you see me on Instagram talking in selfie mode, it's from a low angle. Um, it's a little trick of mine. It seems like that's not the ideal look for a woman, but it actually is, is better suited for me. So I need to get a whole facelift, which I'm not going to do. Maybe in the future I'll do something. There's one now that they can like sew into your skin and they just pull it up with a string. Um, that seems cool. I also am looking into getting vagina surgery because someone sent me, some listener sent me a, uh, a photo of labiaplasty where you can get your vagina all sliced off and to just look like a porn stars. And they do a really good job and I'm not fucking anyway. So it's not like I'd have much downtime. Why not? Why not just make my vagina the way I want it to look? Oh, because it's beautiful. All vaginas are different. Yada, yada, yada. I know. Um, but why, if you could have it look like the Angelina Jolie of vaginas, which you can never do that with your face. You'll never make your face look like Angelina Jolie's. But if you can have the Angelina Jolie of pussies, wouldn't you do it? I would. I might. I don't know. Looking into it. I also am reading this book called Come As You Are or what is the name of it? Someone suggested it to me. Let me just look it up really quick. It's the sexuality book that, yeah, Come As You Are. It was recommended to me by, I forget who, someone who knew what they were talking about and said that, Oh, it was a listener who wrote to me and said that the book changed her life, you know, based on sexuality. And she had heard me talk about sex and my hangups with it. So (coughs) I'm sorry. It came out of nowhere. (coughs) I'm also reading this book and learning a lot about female anatomy and how a lot of girls think that if you have a huge clit, that means you're like more masculine. It has nothing to do with that. It literally is just like as, you know, random as having a big nose. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean uh, your sexuality is no different than if you have a tiny one, all that stuff. That being said, I still don't love what I have going on down there. Right now it's covered in a, a, a dense brush. So that feels safe. I've been conditioning my hair down there, which makes it feel like so soft and straight and I love it. Um, But I got to shave it again at some point, see what's going on down there. Man, I was getting laser hair removal before this whole thing happened. I got an email from my laser place that just said that they are opening again. And I'm like, well, there's a reason to go back to New York City to like finish up those treatments because I paid, you know, I paid ahead of time to have all of my vagina hair lasered off. I went through four sessions and it's all gone. 
it's all grown back, which I'm grateful for. I think halfway through the sessions, I was like, do I really want no vagina hair down there? And the answer is no, no, I don't. But I would like less undercarriage. It's just a pain in the ass to shave your vagina because then it instantly grows back and then it's itchy for a couple days. My ex-boyfriend's coming over later and I feel like I have to take a shower so I can give it a good shave just in case something happens. My parents are out tonight. Nothing is going to happen. We're just going to watch normal people like we always do and um, just say goodnight, you know, and I'm fine with that. But, you know, maybe I might get a little bit horny watching that show. I don't even have the desire to hook up with anyone. I really wish I did. I'm going to a doctor pretty soon to figure out what is going on with me because I feel completely asexual, depressed. Um, literally every time I open my eyes in the morning, it's just constant dread of what do I have to do next? How, how much till I get through that? What's on the other side of that? Just constantly one thing after the other, leaving no downtime for me to actually contemplate the state of my life, which is not that bad. I'm not complaining too much about what's you know, I'm, I'm complaining for sure. I just keep getting bills sent to me for like so much money. You guys, I hired a decorator for my apartment. This woman in New York who does all like eco-friendly decorating where, you know, nothing new. I'm not buying anything new, not curtains, not drawers, not bedding. Everything is, you know, respun or, you know, recycled. And I was willing to pay a pretty penny for it because that's important to me. I'm tired of new things. We don't, no one needs a fucking new couch. There are enough couches. Just wash a goddamn couch and just get an old couch. It's new to you. So I refuse to buy new stuff, but boy, it cost me. I got a bill from this lady. I've already paid her $3,000 for literally, I got nothing out of it. It's not her fault that I got nothing out of it. It's COVID. It's like I couldn't, she did all this research and sent me all these things and measured my place and put together digital designs. It cost me $3,000 for the first invoice, which I gladly paid because she did put a lot of work into it. Then I got another bill yesterday for like $5,500. And I'm like, what the fuck is all of this for? And I am not someone to ever go back to someone and be like, hey, all I got out of this was a lamp. So is there any way we can like adjust so that I didn't pay $8,500 for a lamp? But listen, if that's my, if she put in the work, I got to pay. I'm never someone to haggle. I always give, I always pay way more than I should for everything. But man, when I get strapped with a bill like that and have nothing to show for it, I feel it sends me into a spiral. So I've been a little depressed today because of that bill. Um, I also have no money coming in. You know, I did gigs last week, but it's just not the amount that I used to make. I have to write a book. There's no two ways about it. I have to write a book because there's money there and I don't want to write a book. You guys, I can't do it. It's so painful. I have nowhere to write a book. I had an interviewed Mike Birbiglia and he's like, go to an outdoor cafe. There's no fucking outdoor cafes in St. Louis. There's nowhere to go sit outside in St. Louis. I've researched it. If you know of one, please tell me. I just don't know what to do. It's just been a hard day. I, my best friend, one of my best friends from high school who I saw the the last one last weekend, another one was driving through the country this week, moving from San Francisco to New York. And she just dropped by with her partner and we had a lovely visit, but I was just so, I've been so depressed. I can't be a fun hang. And I'm sure they sensed it. They were probably like, let's get out of here. I took two Xanax earlier today, which I never take, but 
I had to tape a, um, I, I had to do a lot today that I didn't want to do. I had to work on a scripted project that <clears throat> I am feeling really far removed from and I don't want to look at the characters and I don't want to look at myself. It's based on my own life. It's just difficult. And then I had um, two, I'm in this female, in this documentary about female comics and I did a follow-up interview with this woman and was talking about what it's like to be a woman in comedy and especially with everything that's coming out about how, I mean, I'm getting a lot of texts from people being like, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I feel like it's like what a lot of black people have received from their white friends in the past couple months of just like these random texts from people you haven't heard from in forever who are like, I just want to say I'm so sorry for what you've had to endure, you know? And I've been getting them from people um, about being a female stand-up. And can I just say, I don't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself. I've only had pleasant experiences doing stand-up comedy. Yes, one time I was in bed with a guy who t- who was a friend and we were taking a nap because we had a show later that night and we bo- we didn't have, my, my hotel room wasn't ready so I had to crash at his hotel room and... I woke up and he was like jerking off next to me and I didn't see it. And so I, I can never say if it really happened, but I assume it did because I heard the sounds of jerking off. And as soon as I stirred and like pretended to be waking up very gently, he stopped and then went to the bathroom. But that's the only thing. And then we never talked about it. That's the only time I felt like sexually kind of scared and it didn't scar me and it was hardly anything, but that's my story. That's, that's the thing that happened to me. I've had female comics fucking try to ruin me. One female comic in particular try to ruin my career early, early on by saying that I was sucking dick for stage time and sleeping with people. So I, I was definitely bullied and victimized by a female comic. But male comics, I've just, yeah, they're disgusting, some of them. Yeah, they've come on to me. Yeah, um, I've never felt unsafe with them, though. And that's not because I'm like a smarter woman than the rest. It's just I got lucky. So it's just anyone who feels like I have like battled something or overcome such great odds to get to where I am. I have in in a sense of like, you know, I've battled other things more, more against myself than anyone, but that's just hasn't been my experience. I I love comedians and male comics. Yes. Some of them need to check their, you know, egos and, not let fame go to their head and um, not victimize women. Of course, I'm not like in, in favor of that, but my experience is not one of like constant turmoil as a female comic. I don't, I don't think that I'm like a heroine because I've been able to carve out a career in this business. It really, really wasn't that, that bad for me. And I'm grateful for that. So that's my statement on that. Um, but I am depressed. I am freaking depressed I take lithium every day to feel better. I don't know that that's really working, but I did take, oh, that's what I want to say. I took two Xanax today and I usually only take one when I'm feeling really stressed. I haven't taken a single Xanax since COVID. Four months. I have, I have, have stockpiled them. I have probably a hundred Xanax and I've never taken one of them because I just, my anxiety, I just deal with it in different ways. I think maybe the fact that I've quit smoking pot led me to go grab one today. But what really did it was that I had to put on makeup for this interview for being uh, 
a female comic. I did an interview on Zoom for this documentary and I needed to put on makeup and blow dry my hair and my hair felt like it was falling out and I just like started almost crying about it because I'm just like, I can't handle losing another hair. Every time a hair falls out, I feel like a death of, I feel like a, a tiny death. It really is like, it's like an OCD or something. I don't know how to handle it. If anyone relates to that, where if like every hair you lose, you want to jump out of a window, um, please write to me because I don't know what to do about it. Um, so I was just like, just so many hairs were falling out of my head and I just was like, I want to cancel the rest of my day and just crawl into bed and cry about the fact that my hair isn't as thick as it used to be. And the thing is, it is, it's fine. No one would ever notice, but I notice. So instead I just opened a drawer and took a Xanax and I felt better. And then I was like, well, it's not kicking in fast enough. So I took another one. And then during the interview, I like was crying and like (laughs) slow. I mean, it wasn't a good look, but whatever. At least they got someone to cry in their documentary. That'll be me. I probably will see it someday and not even relate to it. And my pupils will be the size of hockey pucks. But um, <clears throat> but that was my day to day. I taped an episode with Lisa Lampanelli and we got into all of this on there, but it, um, it got lost. So I know I promised you Lisa Lampanelli today, but we're going to have her next week at some point, hopefully, because man, we had a good discussion. That actually made me very vulnerable to admit all of this stuff today. So I don't know if any of this helped anyone. I don't even think I've been that funny, but, um, that's where I'm at. Tomorrow is a new day. I am going to go hang out with my ex-boyfriend, watch normal people, go to bed. And, um, and I guess just to make us all laugh, I'll play a, a dream that I recorded the other day. I truly don't know what this dream was about, but I got to do something funny here. And I wonder what this means. Um, okay. Let's listen to my dream. One second. I like joined the army or air force, I guess it was. And I remember that there was like a 7% chance I would die at war. And I was there with my friends though, so it was like kind of fun. And the pilot ran out of gas and we like landed in the ocean and we had like a break so I was like let's go swimming with these dolphins and I there was this like captive orca that was like so sad and like damaged and he had this like weird thing on his head that they put on his head as like a decorative piece because it was like a zoo or some shit and I was like trying to get it off its head but it was like embedded in its skin and it hurt it to get off so I just left it alone and I felt so sad for it and then um my my goggles fell off at one point and fell to the bottom and my friend had to go get them, and um, that's all I remember. Okay, well, that was a whole lot of nothing, but I do remember that dream distinctly. I've been having a lot of um, situations where I want to help helpless animals. I really feel more connected to animals than anything else. If Marion wasn't 
around during this time, I would just, I don't know what I'd do. She honestly picks up when I'm depressed and will come into the room and just look at me and just like toddle into the room and just stare at me and just want to be held. And she brings me so much comfort. So I'm so grateful for her. I saw a mother duck yesterday with a baby duck walking through the front yard. And we've got cats around here. And I fucking hate cats so much. Outdoor cats that kill birds. I really, I'm sorry if you have cats, put your goddamn cat inside. They kill so many innocent little birds. And I escorted this mama duck and this baby duck across the road. And then they almost got hit by a lawnmower and I had to stop the lawnmower guy and I was screaming at him and he was like, I see him, I see him. And I was like, okay. And then they walked into the backyard and I let them go. But then later on, I was like, what if that psycho likes running over ducks? And then I got really mad at the guy. It's like, who likes running over ducks? But I was like, I bet that would, if you did like hurting animals, that would be a very satisfying kill to just run over a duck with a a lawnmower. I don't want to give any ideas, but I'm staring at a feather right now that my dad brought in because he was like a fucking cat killed, killed an animal. Obviously this there's feathers all over our front yard. I mean, this family, we really hate your outdoor cat. So put your goddamn cat inside and listen to my show tomorrow when I'm going to be in a better mood. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you so much. Squirt, squirt. Uh, 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 uh. This has been a comedy central podcast. 